Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uctana, and today we'll delve into whether or not you have guides, who they are, and what they're doing for you. People sometimes ask me to find out if there are any beings working with them on the other side. I enjoy these requests because they're fun and they're some of the easiest to fulfill. Everyone has beings on the other side working with them. Being embodied is not our natural state, and if it takes a village to raise just one baby, it takes a team to not only keep us here, but give us any chance of achieving the goals we set for this life. In fact, with each reading I give, I send out an invitation to the client's guides soul group, and teacher, as well as anyone else who wishes to listen. So while I may not comment on it during the session, there's always a crowd listening in and providing a loving energy tuned specifically to that individual. The audience might also include people they've known who are now crossed over, souls they work with when they aren't embodied, beings who are currently working with the person on specific tasks or goals, as well as peers in whatever career the client participates in as a soul. Having them there is handy for me as well, since if I have difficulty parsing out a particular issue or answer in the book at the speed necessary within a one-hour session, they can provide incalculable insights, which I greatly appreciate. Part of why beings attend readings is it allows those who don't work directly with embodied souls to directly connect. It's as if the embodied soul has been in a sound booth for decades. They can't hear anyone else, eventually becoming unaware anyone else exists. Then, for a brief moment, someone turns on the system so sound not only comes out of the room, but goes in. Like an unexpected gift, the audience is able to experience the embodied soul prior to their returning to the Akashics. It's a subdued but joyous moment. Only a few of the souls in attendance will be part of the client's Akashic team. Most will not have the skills to communicate within the limited, constrained, and convoluted means available to an embodied person. At best, they can send information via the Akashic team and have it imparted, somewhat like the childhood game of telephone tag combined with charades and Pictionary. An Akashic team is a group of beings which agrees to work with a soul while it's embodied. Teams vary depending on the person, their needs, goals, and the specific life they've prepared. All Akashic teams include three to seven guides. Guides are souls who, at a minimum, are able to communicate fluently and efficiently with an embodied soul in a variety of ways, including direct thought transfer, dream imagery, physical synchronicity, word games, picture games, pendulum, and physical sensation, as well as others. It's common, but not necessary, for guides to have embodied themselves, as this gives them invaluable experience in dealing with the vagaries of embodied life. Guides are rarely people we have known in this life, however. We work with them prior to this embodiment, during the planning stages, as well as negotiating the contract between us, which makes it relatively impossible for them to have also been or currently be embodied. 
With each guide, we have a contract which describes in detail how they can and cannot act on our behalf, and specifically where they are allowed to interfere in areas of our free will. Without this, they could only stand by and watch as our life unfolded. Most Akashic teams include an average of five guides who are engaged to fulfill the following roles. Physicality. The physical guide is responsible for making sure our body functions within specified parameters. This doesn't mean keeping us healthy, as many illnesses and injuries are allowed or even required depending on the life we have chosen and the lessons we're learning. The body is meant to signal when we're out of balance, out of alignment, or refusing to listen to any other communication concerning a fundamental issue. Should the body deviate from acceptable norms, such as when it experiences an unintended or freak accident which damages it extensively, this guide is authorized to step in and hold their person together to help them heal if they wish to stay or to help them exit without incident if they decide to go. It's also responsible for healing them from deep trauma, helping the body to store the details until they're ready to process, and supporting their acquisition of survival skills in difficult situations. Relationships. The relationship guide is responsible for connecting with, managing, and maintaining our web of connection on all levels. This doesn't mean creating community for the person, providing them with a family or community who would make things easy, nor bringing them the partner of their dreams. Within the contract of what their person has asked for, and as that person manifests who they are, wishes to be, and is becoming, this guide, somewhat like the conductor of an orchestra, asks other people to draw near, and others to pull back, in order to enhance the opportunities their person has for life. Per their person's detailed instructions, and the way they are living in any moment, the guide enhances the request being sent to the universe, adjusts the connections in volume and content, and tries to do what they can to provide their person as many opportunities as they can have to interconnect and release in the organic way of embodied life. Logistics. The logistics guide is responsible for helping their person acquire the tools and resources they need in order to accomplish the goals they're working through, have already achieved, and are attempting to manifest. While it's tempting to think of them as genies, who we may ask for three wishes, they are in fact one of the most constrained members of an Akashic team. They must work within the embodied world where each of us is not an island, but one interconnected and intertwined part. Due to the physics of time and conservation of energy and mass, they're constrained by geography, deadlines, and available resources to meet their person's requests. Even more difficult is the fact people often place amazingly restrictive requirements on them. For example, we may ask for the money to pay off our debts, but require it to happen in hourly increments through a job via an employer. Then on top of this, our skills and our mindset don't allow us to get hired in a job which would meet our financial needs. We refuse to invest in further skills because our fears and our self-esteem hold us back, and so the logistics guide attempts everything they can to get additional funds to us, which ends up being paltry compared to what we need 
while at the same time, they're trying to get the message across that without these limitations, they could do so much more. Spiritual Path The Spiritual Path Guide is responsible for our personal spiritual experience in this embodied life. For some, this will include lessons and growth. For others, it will be a means to keep healthy and balanced while providing service to others. And for some, it will be the service they are meant to provide in this life, to be spiritual and lead a spiritual life. Service or Education The Service or Education Guide, which I tend to abbreviate as Journey Guide, is responsible for helping those who have come to learn lessons or to practice skills to do so successfully in this life. This is no mean feat, because like a cat which sees the carrier and knows it's meant to go to the vet, we're wily about doing anything and everything we can to avoid learning and doing what we came here for. That's human nature. These guides are also responsible for helping those who came to provide service to achieve this goal in whatever manner specified. This is usually far more broad and uh, choose-your-own-adventure than we're led to believe, so their role is to help their person through the decision tree each step of the way, supporting them in choosing activities or directions which are best for the person and for the service. Not all, but most people also have a teacher on their Akashic team. A teacher is what I call them, for lack of a better term in English. In reality, they're a being who has been with us since the moment of our creation. They are a parent, mentor, best friend, instructor, confidant, and so much more. They help us decide on and plan the embodied life, helping us craft it in fine detail. They assist us in entering it, and then await our return. During our embodied life, they manage our guides and monitor our activities. This can be more or less involved depending on our maturity as a soul and the goals we have for the life. Once the life has ended, they're first to greet us upon our return to the Akashics, and once we've reawakened to our natural state, they take us into seclusion and help us with our life review. While soul group members who are not currently embodied will come to visit with an embodied person, they rarely interact in any other way and are almost never part of an Akashic team, with one exception. If we have had a close relationship with a soul group member in an embodied life, such as their being our spouse, sibling, or child, it may be part of our agreement that the relationship continue actively after their passing. In this case, they'll join our Akashic team once they've crossed over and continue participating and communicating with us in new ways. Beyond these core members, people can have a variety of beings on their Akashic team. Some come for specific purposes, such as healers and spiritual teachers. If we're dealing with an illness or an injury, a healer with specific skills may come to work with us in addition to our guides. This can be most perceptible when we have surgeries. Not only do we feel the surge of love and energy sent to us by our embodied community, but we move into a liminal state outside of time, where we can feel the surge in support from our guides and at times, under medication, stress, or surgical procedure, we can actually see our guides, and a healer will step forward as light and love to help us through. 
Spiritual teachers, those who specialize in educating people on a skill or subject, come when we ask or when there is need. I've met teachers who support those learning yoga, tai chi, qigong, or a martial art. Those who support beginners in art or dance, who bring together synchronicities which lead to new inventions, who are a loving inspiration to new parents, point us towards the resource which opens up the way to the next new thing in our life, and so on. There are other beings who come when it's time for us to take on some challenge or when we need protection from something. It's not uncommon for medicine people to be greeted by guardians of the place they are visiting, such as the little people of Ireland, the deep spirits of the Hawaiian Islands, or the totems of the rainforest. Anyone who wishes may ask for this type of support and guidance during a trip, even a short road trip or a day hike. Having a member of your team from the local area will deepen your experience and broaden your connection with yourself, as well as with all that is. People also have angels, totems, and higher-level spiritual beings as part of their team. Some may be part of the core team, some may come when necessary or are prepared to work with us as we enter into a lesson or a particular part of service where their aid would be beneficial. They may be called to us when we choose something we're not expecting to do in this lifetime or seek us out as others need our gifts and participation. Without being a gifted seer or medium, it can be difficult, if not impossible, for us to know who all is on our Akashic team at any given time. This is, in fact, a feature, not a problem. The entire purpose of this embodied life is for us to be in and focused on this embodied life, rather than what is beyond it. To this end, our existence, in general, focuses us here and minimizes our ability to experience over there in any but the most obscure ways without directly accessing the Akashics in one form or the other. One of the easiest ways I found for seeing who is in a person's Akashic team is to pull up the roster. At any time, we can ask to have a listing of our team brought up in a form that we can access. We can do this with our soul book, asking it to present us with the list. Simply have the book closed, ask it for the list in a form which is useful, not a bullet point list of symbols you can't read, and then open the book. It should give you something like a 3D representation or picture vignettes, which are descriptions of the being and their role. Another way is to ask your Akashic room to project the list onto any blank wall. Like a family tree, the beings will be shown there in miniature. Touching the images is like inviting them over to visit. It's an invitation, so they may not come, but usually they will, since they are your Akashic team and you are their primary purpose and responsibility. You can also ask your animal guide to invite them all into your room during a meditation, so you can visit with them all at once. Have them gather in your special place where your gift is found, or invite them to meet you in a side room of the library, one by one. You can ask your librarian to provide you with the record or book which records who they are and what their specific duties are. Again, the roster will change over time as beings join and leave depending on what you're doing in your life and what support you've requested. You might be surprised to find there are team members sitting idly by because 
you've asked for their support, then refuse to accept it. There might be team members you wish to have, but don't at the moment because you haven't asked or haven't begun participating in the activity they would support you in. No use requesting a teacher to help you learn Chinese calligraphy if you're never going to pick up a brush. So, your Akashic team, whoever and how many there are, is working 24-7 for your best and highest good. Are you? And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll meet the Akashic mentor, Selene, and discuss the wisdom you can access in working with her in the Akashics. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please take a minute to show it some love on iTunes. Your comments are also appreciated. Thanks. Bye.